Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. You know, we're, we're about to wrap up the summer series, and it's been such an encouragement for me. I've, I took some time off, and just going back to some of the messages and taking on some notes for me, for my personal journey with Jesus, and I hope you've been encouraged. But today, we have Pastor Dennis, who's going to be sharing with us via video, but um, and he's asked for me to read the scripture that he's going to be sharing from, which is Luke 18, verse 18 to 30. And if you have your Jesus Project book at home or even here, feel free to follow along, page 134. But I'm going to read from the NLT version. Let's go for it. It says this, Once, a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit, inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. All right, kids? Get that. Note that. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad because he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for, rich, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. I love that. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. When you listen to this conversation between Jesus and the rich young ruler, what do you hear? Most of us here sell everything. And because we hear sell everything, we kind of react to that and we say, well, I can't sell everything. I need somewhere to live. Or I can't sell everything that doesn't make sense or doesn't apply to me anyway because, well, I'm not rich. Or we might say that uh, maybe that's not what Jesus really meant. If we take a practical standpoint on this, it's true. We all need a place to live. We all need clothing to wear. We all need furniture to sit on. But on the other hand, Jesus really did mean what he said. And it shouldn't be surprising because, well, Jesus often said things that was often seen as being offensive. In these 13 verses of Luke chapter 18, 
Jesus is actually speaking to six different cultural groups. Jesus often spoke hard truths to a culture whose tendencies uh, favored the individual needs rather than the purposes to which God had created them. And so for that reason, this rich young ruler wasn't the only person to ever walk away from Jesus disappointed. However, when we read this encounter with Jesus, when I read this encounter with Jesus, I'm often asking the question, well, what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ? In our culture today, we put a lot of effort and we strive to elevate individual and individual expressions. And even though we will collectively say that we work for the good of the whole community, we celebrate and elevate individual expressions and accomplishments. And this is where Jesus actually challenges us. I remember when I faced this question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? It was the month of August. I was in my 20s. I was working two jobs. I had purchased and renovated a house and I was looking to purchase a second house. And I had these dreams of becoming wealthy, building my own uh, real estate portfolio and being able to live my life doing whatever it is that I wanted to do. A friend asked me if I would take a week's vacation and come and work with an organization who took children out of at-risk communities and gave them a camping experience for the summer. That experience was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. I learned more swear words in that one week than I probably learned in my entire life up until that point. Most of that week I spent just breaking up fights and chasing down run runaways and listening to kids tell me how much they hated me. The night before they were to get on the bus and go back to their community, something strange really happened. They began to ask me questions and they wanted to know Bible stories. I spent two hours just telling every story that I could think of. And when these young kids just decided to settle down and go to sleep, I went out and sat on the stairs of the cabin that we were in and looked up at the starry sky. And I knew in that moment that Jesus was about to ask me a question and he was asking me, are you willing to follow me? And in that instant, I knew what the cost was going to be for me to follow Jesus. You see, what Jesus was really asking me and what he's asking you today is just simply this. Are you willing to lose your attachments to this world and become attached to him? This young ruler followed all the rules. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not lie or, or bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. For, you, for me as a young man, it just meant that I followed all the rules. I went to church. I read my Bible once in a while. I was nice to people. You see, this young ruler had made God his duty, but not his desire. And in my case, that was the case back in the day. I had made God my duty. I performed all the right things. I did all the right things. But I'm not sure that I really desired Jesus or wanting to follow Jesus. And that may be your case today. We can follow all the rules and do all the right things. But what Jesus said to this young man, what he said to me, what he's maybe saying to you right now, is that you still lack one thing. The word lack points to a reality that we all face. That word literally means to be wanting. In other words, we are missing the mark. We can do all the right things, put our best efforts into filling all the religious laws and rules and, and trying to do all the good things, but there's still something missing. We are choosing duty 
over desire. To remedy this, Jesus tells that man that uh, what he needs to do is to sell everything he has, give the money to the poor, and then come and follow him. The key to following Jesus is allowing Jesus to be everything and allowing everything else to have the freedom to detach itself from us. And if you do, the payoff is, Jesus said, that you'll have treasure in heaven. What does that mean? Does it mean that you'll have a pot of gold when you enter through the pearly gates? Does it mean that uh, when you get to heaven, you're going to have a mansion just over the hilltop? Does it mean that you're going to have pleasures untold in paradise? To understand what Jesus meant when he said that you will have treasure in heaven is to understand why Jesus came to earth in the first place. He came to restore a relationship with God. God who is all-powerful. God who is all-sovereign over every circumstance and every situation. A God whose embodiment is all goodness. A God who is full of grace and love and mercy. And what Jesus is really saying to us here is that when you have God, you have everything. So why hold on to the attachments of this world? You see, if we do not detach from the things of this world while we're still alive, then we will detach from them once we die. So why hold on to earthly wealth when you can have the God who created everything and is the giver of wealth? Why seek things or peace and places and experiences when you can have God who is the peace giver? Why look for love in broken relationships when you can have the Lord of love, the God of love, the one who is perfect and has undefiled love? All these attachments that we have to houses, to cars, to uh, relationships, to careers, we eventually become dissatisfied with them all. And we work to fill the need that these things were never intended to fill. And before you know it, you're old and you're drained and you're tired of trying to fix and trying to fill something that was never intended to give you purpose in the first place. So when we choose to follow Jesus, we choose to lose the attachments that weigh us down and to find freedom through attachment with Jesus Christ. Ravi Zachariah, he kind of made this statement. He said that there's a big difference between belief and conviction. Belief is something that we merely hold on to. Conviction is something that holds on to us. I have a belief. I have a belief that it's good to work hard. I have a belief that it's good to achieve things and to feel like uh, we've done something well with our lives. That's my belief. But my conviction is that nothing that I work for or achieve or produce in this life means one iota to anything beyond this moment that I live in. But when I live in obedience, following Jesus Christ, then everything that I do from this moment right through to eternity, it matters. Jesus said this, and, and if you feel like I'm in duty, but I don't know how to get to desire, this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 11, he said, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burdened and burnt out by religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will, you will recover your life. I will show you how to find real rest. Walk with me. 
Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I want to give you some steps towards Jesus. Here's my first step. First step is to drop the baggage. You know, as we walk through life, we gain a lot of experiences, and these experiences shape how we feel and how we view things. And sometimes uh, we might actually develop strong feelings or beliefs that actually can hinder us or hold us back from following Jesus. Some of us, it might be pain and anger because of something that we have gone through, disappointment with a marriage that didn't work out the way that we wanted to. Perhaps it is a family member who hurt us or a friend who betrayed us or a career that almost destroyed us. Some of us, it might be fear and embarrassment because, because of what others might view as failure. Jesus reminded us that, that those who are following him, that it's easier to thread a camel through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God because it requires us to let go of the things that we hold on to and find security in. For some of us, it might be shame or guilt, maybe because of something that we have done, or perhaps it might even be the opposite of that. Maybe it's something that we didn't do, and we feel shame and guilt for that, and we think that I could never be forgiven because of that experience. But here's the truth. No matter what has happened, no matter what you have gone through, God is still there, and He loves you, and, he lo- and He's with you even in the deepest pain that you may experience. When we've done something wrong, God's forgiveness is there for us because of what Jesus has done for us. So step one is simple. Just acknowledge that you have baggage. And I know that that's not really an easy thing to do, but we need to do it. Jesus is waiting for you to turn to him and to take that baggage and to lay it at his feet and trust him with it. When we let go of our baggage, it can be a difficult thing to do. But sometimes that's all it takes for us to begin to follow Jesus by trusting him and putting it at his feet. So step number one, drop the baggage. Step number two, make time with Jesus. There are many activities in our lives that we can do that 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 draw our attention and get us involved in things. Some of these good activities are fine in and of themselves. But if they pull us away from Jesus if they pull us uh, away from growing in faith, if they draw us back to the baggage that we've already put at the feet of Jesus and begin to tempt us to pick that baggage up and begin to carry it again, then we are going to struggle to follow Jesus. So, is there something that pulls you away from Jesus and keeps him from, keeps you from following his lead? Is there something competing for your time and for your attention? The writer of Psalms chapter 5 verse 8, he had the same struggle. This is what he said. He prayed this prayer to God. He prayed, lead me in the right path, O Lord, so that my enemies will not conquer me. Make my way plain for me to follow. In other words, what he was praying was simply this. I don't know what to do. And God, I need your help. So can you lead me? So when we 
make time for Jesus, what we are really doing is we're giving Jesus the opportunity to lead us. So step number one, lose the baggage. Step number two, take time with Jesus. Spend some time with Him. Step number three, keep moving forward. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. This journey that we are on, it's a difficult journey. A moment ago, I was looking at gravestones and realizing that there's a lot of pain in life. But here's the truth. The truth is, is that no matter what we go through and no matter what we experience, keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. A friend of mine once invited me to go to an AA meeting with him. And after years of alcohol addiction, he was now 10 years of sobriety and he wanted to celebrate. And so he asked me to come and celebrate with him. I went to the AA meeting and it was amazing to see the support of his AA group, how they came around him and loved him. But they had this mantra that they kept using. They kept saying, everybody struggles with weakness. Everybody stumbles once in a while, but keep coming back. No matter what happens, no matter what you go through, keep coming back because you're always welcome at AA. And when I was listening to that, I was thinking, that's Jesus. That's exactly what he says to us. He says, listen, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you have stumbled, no matter where you have found a challenge in this journey and life that you're on, just keep coming back. Come back to him. Find what it is that you need in him. His arms are always open and you are always welcome. So as you follow him, as you walk with him, you're in this together with Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time. Thank you.